everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. So what we used to do was we watched an episode each week and joined you here to talk about it. It's not quite what this one's going to be today. Today we're doing a season four recap show and... Uh, could there be spoilers? No, because we've already watched the whole show. But I'm just doing it anyway because that's I'm just saying it because that's tradition, right? Yeah. Uh, so I am Melissa, and I'm here with my insidious co-host Fish. Uh, really? You decided Fish, to go out on insidious? No. <laughs> She's insidious, but she's fish. Um, hey guys, you know, sometimes words like insidious come out. Yeah, that's what happens. How are you doing uh, today, Fish? Well, um, I mean, I'm doing good today. It's uh it's been freezing here and now it's less freezing. So yay. Uh hasn't snowed yet. Um hoping that'll continue. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's good stuff. Not as insidious as I thought it would be. <laughs> well, okay. So today, a little different today, we're going to be doing a recap of season four. Now, before we get into it, just wanted to tease a little something up front here. We are going to make an announcement at the end of this podcast about something that might still be to come, but you're going to have to keep listening to hear that announcement. And frankly, why wouldn't you? Because we're going to recap season four. Stick with us. Okay. Um, come this far. You've come this far. I mean, <laughs> why stop now? Uh, yeah. Well, if you remember from our previous season recaps, we start with, we have a similar format for how we do these. We ask some similar questions of each other each time because we've been, it's been sort of an experimental way of seeing how our thoughts change, what some of the key points end up being for us. So, you know, of course, the perennial question is how we open this. I mean, I think it's the, it's like the first question any Felicity fan anywhere asks or answers without being asked. Ben versus Noel. Now, Fish, I have a feeling your answer to this is going to be far more interesting than mine because you've had a journey. Yeah, you have kind of, um, say, uh, tipped your hand a few times since the first episode <laughs> as to which, which one you feel wins that battle. So why don't you go ahead and... Uh, you want me to just start with the short answer? Yeah, ben. just do it. Yeah. I mean, it's always been Ben for me. For this particular question, I don't know if part of the reason that I've been unshakably Ben for this answer is that I know that Zoe exists in season four, you know? So I've always known that Zoe exists in season four, even during seasons one, two, and three. Um, and I, and because I know Zoe exists, I also know Noel is the worst version of himself when pursuing Felicity. And it's possible for Noel to have a relationship where he's not desperate. Um, so I think Ben, it's better for Ben. <laughs> it's probably better for Noel not to be with Felicity. It's probably better for Felicity to be with Ben, maybe, um, but I think for me, Ben is the Ben is the winner here. 
Yeah, I mean, I am still going to stick to what I've said in the previous seasons. Like, I'm not changing my mind, and this is not an overall series answer. But for me, yes, this season, it is Ben. Mostly because of the hay at the end with all the goosebumps. Um, and, you know, because of chemistry and ionic and covalent bonds and, you know, we had to do all this stuff and still it was Ben. Um, I will say Noel is his most attractive in this season. So I am going to double down on it's Ben and Felicity and efficient Noel. So just going to. Just double down on that, even though now he's married. Yeah, look, if they can do time travel, so can I. Okay. I'm not, I'm not discouraging this whatsoever. Yeah. Sounds totally appropriate to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's our, there's our answers. I think by season four, we've come to the same, we're on the same page. Yep. I mean, it, it I don't think the writers left us much interpretation when they proceeded to kill Noel off. I mean, <laughs> just in case we didn't get the picture, he died. Yeah. So, you know. They're, they're they're not that. subtle. They're not subtle <laughs> with their suggestions here. That's not how they're doing it. Nope. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll look, uh, season four is kind of supposed to hit you over the head with it, but I, but you were right. I think, uh, especially once he sort of starts to get his depression checked into, um, Noel is his most balanced, probably most attractive self that I've seen, you know, for the whole series. So I would agree with that very much. Yeah. So now, Melissa, what do you think? was Felicity's major achievement in this season? Yeah, there was an obvious answer for this, uh, for me, that probably isn't the obvious answer. It should have, like, maybe I should be saying graduation. But what I want to say here is what happened right out of the gate, which is emancipating herself, declaring independence. Um, Look, there was still a journey to be had. I think we can acknowledge that there's a probably long-term journey to be had there of what that really means that she emancipated herself, that she declared independence at this stage of her life. But I also think it was a very big choice for the moment she was in. Uh, It was a very big statement specifically to make to her father. And I think that it was given the nature of her relationship with her parents, uh, she felt that this was an important step and it's one that she did. She didn't just talk about it. She did it. And, you know, it came with its own set of ramifications and she accepted them. You know, she, it was, it came with some more financial hardship and there she was doing pageants and applying for scholarships. (laughs) So I, you know, I think um, for me, it meant a lot to see her take that step. And, you know, again, it's a journey. So I'm going to say declaring independence. And yeah, sure, there's lots of other stuff, but I'm just going to leave it at that one because I think 
That's such a big one. And in the same sort of theme, at least, you know, she didn't take the money from Noel for tuition and she didn't follow Ben to Arizona. You know, it's true. All of that does tie together now that you mention it. Um, I th- you're, you know, you're right about that. I think they, they really set a pace right out of the gate with the first episode of this season, but she does continue to make choices that align with independence. Mm-hmm. You know, fish, this is why they pay the, this is why they pay the Alex. <laughs> To be on, yeah. I mean, like, who, who else? Just fish, fish, everybody, fish. I mean, I really, I have gotten one hundred percent of the proceeds from this podcast. (laughs) Melissa's got nothing. I've gotten (laughs) all of the rest of the nothing. (laughs) All of it. (laughs) One hundred percent of the rest of the nothing. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, like. I, like I always say that money always works itself out. <laughs> right. And that's just, what, that's it's just like, there's, there's relatively relativity. And then there's that theory and yeah. that's how we do it. The, the money fairy mm-hmm. that exists. Yep. All right, fish. So the question for you is mm-hmm. what was the biggest Felicity fail of the season? Yeah, mine ties in quite nicely with yours because it is at the end and it's her going back to med school in Palo Alto. Mm. To me, undoing all of the independence that she had then, you know, I, I know that in your mind, she doesn't take money from her father, but, and you don't count the back five, uh, but, she does call her dad and ask for tuition money during those. Um, so for me, med school plus Palo Alto equals a big step back in the last, you know, real episode. <laughs> so that I think was rough. However, if we completely ignore um, that the last five happen, as Melissa will do forever, and we pretend that she does have real boundaries, then I would say it has to be all the lying. I mean, she's, she normally has, you know, pretty much like her stream of consciousness coming out. Um, But this season, I mean, first, she and Noel sleep together, and they lie about it for so long. And then you know, hiding and lying about her pregnancy and then how she felt about Lauren's pregnancy and then how she felt about the potential move to Arizona and then the plagiarism and then the lying about the plagiarism. I mean, it was just like, wow, this is, um, you're getting too good at this. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Felicity. Be honest. Well, I will say, um, so if, if you're in a world where the back five exists, uh, which I know you are, um, I think, yes, in that final five episodes, they have Felicity call her dad and have him pay for college. But in that world, she didn't declare independence. So 
she didn't oh. have that entire step. So I think there isn't a symbolic gesture that she made separating herself. So she doesn't have the sort of um, hypocritical, like there is nothing hypocritical in this new time period or this new alternate timeline for her to then ask her dad for help because he was already, you know, it's, it's not, there's nothing really new there to be honest. Um, and so yes, except she was going forward in time and remembered declaring independence. Mm. So it's still her. But it hadn't actually happened. Well, her dad doesn't know about it. Right. Which is important, I think, which, which means that she could, she could benefit from pretending it didn't happen in her brain because for her dad, it never did. So it's complicated, I think, but I, I I think it's, it's a little less problematic to me than how you see it. If for me, it's problematic, not, uh, you know, not so much because of any sort of contradiction, but just the fact that she did it. Hmm. You know, just the fact that she's back in what I think is med school in her hometown mm-hmm. with her parents paying for it. Yeah. That I think is, it takes back a lot of that, you know, all yeah. of the, much of the independence that you were, you were talking about, which yeah. all holds, holds true. If, um, if you just ignore that, like one scene. Mm-hmm. Or the entire final five episodes, or all of them, or yeah, really, yeah, all of it, really. Um, yeah, okay, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Biggest Felicity fail: undoing her own independence <laughs> and lying about mm-hmm. everything. And lying about everything all season. Yeah, except for the back five, where she told the truth way too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, um, what did you think? was the biggest shock or reveal of the season. All right, Fish. I chose two for this. And I wanted to, to, to not go with the obvious. All right? Things that shocked me that I didn't want to give the show the satisfaction <laughs> of making their soapier plot lines my biggest shocks. So I didn't. My first biggest shock of the season Elena sits on a city bench in a wedding dress. Fair enough. That was disturbing. I was like, don't sit down, stand up next to Tracy, have a conversation, but stay standing. And like, it was your mother's wedding dress. Like you went through a lot to get that. What are you doing? What are you doing? If you're sitting on a, you're sitting on a city bench in a wedding dress, you've already called off the wedding. Yeah. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Bury the lead, why don't you? (laughs) You're not walking down that aisle with whatever grossness. It's not. No. It's not happening. Um, So that was obviously the biggest shock. But for me, the second, and it's not a reveal. It's just the biggest shock of the season for me. Um, Felicity cheats on her art history paper because she wants to cheat on a paper again and she's going to do it so badly. It's just shocking how badly shocking that she did it and shocking how badly she did it. 
Yeah. I think that's fair. No I mean, it doesn't smarts. seem, well, maybe that part does seem consistent with her, but no actual smarts either. Like that was not a stealth move dropping the book in the, uh, what cardboard box that we're pretending was a trash can uh-huh. full of spaghetti. Yep. Not stealthy. No, no. Nothing stealthy about it. And just mm-hmm. did we, did, did we learn nothing from season one? I mean, clearly no. I mean, I've been saying this since the start. <sighs> Felicity doesn't learn things. That's, that, that's not a trait she has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so those are my two. But, uh, and I'm not limiting you to two here. So, you know, you do what you need to do here. What were your biggest shocks or reveals this season? Yeah, I mean, I knew that there was something going to happen with like time travel and stuff like that. So that stuff wasn't like a shock. Um, For me, I think the biggest shock was Ben's dad doesn't die? Seriously? I mean, liver failure, doesn't get another liver, liver transplant, and then he's just like, cool, hanging out, like, with his son, eating some lunch. What the? Thank God that's over. (laughs) I mean... I I was a hundred percent sure that that he was not going to make it out of this series, but uh, he does. We never did see the mom again, though, did we? <laughs> we didn't. We did not. Hmm. Yeah, uh, they did say she was fine. We did, but we never saw her again. No, we didn't. So yeah, that I think was um, that was the biggest shock. The other one was more of a slow burn. It was sort of like I I just assumed it would happen and then at some point looked back and went Noel never did move out, did he? <laughs> like what? How do you sleep with the guy's girlfriend and then never move out? And then I understand the money and the but that was later. Like it has been said by Megan, you know, the loper has to leave. Whatever that that mm-hmm. sentence was. I mean, who lopes leaves? Yeah, yeah. So to me, yeah, um, those were the two biggest. Like a kind of honorable mention there was like Ben pursues being a doctor successfully. I mean. Eh. I don't know. I don't know that I believe that. Um, so, but I, fine. I feel like we we've made an aggressive move as podcasters. <laughs> we've made a really united front against not doing like what was supposed yeah. to be listed as the biggest shocks or reveals of the season based well, on the show. I'm going off of how I experienced it. Awesome. And you I know, applaud you. And I did the same. Yeah. And, and we can do that because this is our podcast. It's our podcast. And yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you did, um, you know, re- spoil a few things for me as we went. Uh, and I did know about the time travel. So, like, yeah. 
I don't really think I can count that as a as a shock or reveal been sort of alerting you to that since basically the very beginning of this podcast I think pretty much yeah (laughs) um there's kind of no way around it people talk about that stuff and it's hard to not not know that the last five were just different in some way yes so all right well okay funniest thing that happened this season what do you got fish Creation of Caribbean Rhomboid, the best band that never was, starring Melissa on mouth trumpet, me on calypso drums, Incident Mickey on kazoo, but then it was changed to ukulele. Am I wrong about that? Might have been. And Owen on kazoo. Because he in the show said he's good at it, guys. How right. fortuitous was yes. that? Oh, it blew me mind. Blew my mind. We have had many a hilarious non-practice session. Yeah, it's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. It's fabulous. Yep. So that was the funniest thing that happened for me. What was the funniest thing that happened for you? Oh, so you just had the one because I have five. Um, oh. So, okay, um, but I'm doing all five, and this is in no particular hey, order. Number one, Mr. Norman gives Noel the guidance counselor job. Yeah. Like, yeah. he just, he sees a poor guy come into his office, sit in front of him, and and without ever applying for a job or asking for a job, Mr. Norman's just vacating his office and, mm-hmm. and handing over all of his files and boxing up all of his stuff as quickly as he possibly can so that Noel doesn't realize what he's saying yes to. And then suddenly, Noel's the guidance counselor. Yep. It's his first uh, counselee, Ben. And um, Mr. Norman runs, doesn't fill out the paperwork correctly, and gets stuck back again at the university. Sure does. Which I guess we remember. is, Is the beautiful part of it, because, like, no, that's not how hiring people works in the real world. Um, and it's not how it worked in this universe either, really, uh, when you think about it, because who got the last laugh? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I so enjoyed that. Um, Mr. Norman really took the opportunity when it was presented. Um, a small moment that I enjoyed, the whole sleep mask alarm clock piece. You know, that's your face going off. <laughs> that was a good one. That was definitely a good one. Oh, I loved it. But maybe not as much as I loved the Waldron party, where Noel is told that Zoe, the relationship that she had, the person she loved that she was maybe engaged to, was Dwayne. Dwayne from the Waldron group. And uh, Noel confronts Zoe about it. Dwayne? Dwayne? Didn't tell me about Dwayne? You loved him? You you were, you were going to marry him? Dwayne? Um, nope, wasn't Dwayne. It was not. It was someone that uh, Pauline thought looked like Dwayne, but Maybe. actually doesn't look at him. But like actually, him not not yeah. when you look at him again. Yeah, a little nothing more like sober. Him. Yeah, nothing like him. A little yeah. more sober or a little more drunk. I'm not sure which which <laughs> Pauline was in at that yeah. moment. Mm-mm. Um, number four. I think we both enjoyed this one, Richard sees Felicity's dad in the elevator 
yes. in episode 17 and basically tells everything he shouldn't tell. Yeah. Spills all the beans and then hides behind his own arm mm-hmm. when Ben looks towards the elevator. And just gives Felicity's dad the congratulations balloon to give to Ben. <laughs> Here's a basket. You've had a baby. Um with another woman but it, it, it's it's fine it's all going to be taking place in arizona way far from your daughter <laughs> yeah no no problem at all grandpa yeah. i mean what i just loved that that whole part closed with uh felicity's dad just being like who are you intimate details of your child's life who is this man hiding behind his arm it's richard sure is i've got one more fish and this is more about us than about the show when we realized that sarah you the sarah from the pageant sarah Mm -hmm. was monica 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 Monica. yep oh that was a good one that was a great moment we yeah. um guys we really mm-hmm. worked through that real time w- with you some yes. of you might have been screaming at your whatever device you were listening to like <laughs> she's monica monica but it took us real time i don't know three four minutes <laughs> yeah i mean you were definitely looking it up while i was going no it can't be no i was like reading off the credits slowly i was like she's got a lot of music videos <laughs> it's monica that was, you know, that was one of our finer moments of podcasting, I want to think. Wow. That's your, okay. Well, I had not given my second one because I really thought it was going to be in your funniest. Um, but I'll give a second one then. It's the um, Ben and Noel head tilt to the side in Felicity's doorway. Hey. When they're uh, they're a little bit worried about her, but uh, I forgot. Yeah, the last five episodes don't exist for you, so nothing I found funny there. I actually did reference that moment in my superlatives, but it is the only uh, moment in the final five episodes that I'm going to mention. That is my caveat okay. and my my okay. claim. Um, yes, but also at the time you found it funny, and I found it. I, I thought it was hilarious. I just, oh my God, I thought that was funny. And also when Ben walks in and Felicity's making the potion Aww. and she's like, Noel, Noel told you. He's just like, nope, no, he didn't. I, I loved the sigh. It was <laughs> such a Scott Speedman. Like he's not in focus and he sees her prick her finger and say some magic words. And you just see a not in focus Ben. His whole body just goes, ah. <laughs> <He has laughs> like, oh, so well communicated. Yeah. Okay. Did, I mean, I would say, you know, Scott Speedman, he made it gold. I mean, who knew? He's good. He's good at what he's he very does. good. We, we love your work, Scott Speedman. We do. All right. On to part of our, I mean, I would say one of our favorite questions. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa, who was your favorite minor character slash characters of the season? Okay. I'm going to give you four. There's no such thing as an honorable mention here. They're just all amazing. 
but I'll, I'll read them from like number four to number one. Number four, Professor May. Now we see Professor May on screen for like, what, a minute? Uh, we hear the lore of Professor May stealing scarves and being sent to jail. I don't know. She's certainly not working for the university now. But why Professor May is especially wonderful for us is that in her real life, she's a model actress and professional bullfighter. Yes, um, knowing that before I even watched the episode completely changed everything about how I felt about her on screen and for, for the way better, uh, for the awesome. So Professor May, you need to be on this list. You're a bullfighter, you're a bullfighter, you're a klepto, you're all of it. You're great. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're probably an ex-con now. Um, yeah. Yeah. We love you. We love you, Professor um, May. Number three, I'm going to put Zoe. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. is she a minor character? I think for the actual number of episodes she is in, you might put her there. Um I, I think they don't entirely know how to talk about mental health yet on this show or in public discourse, probably at that time, but they gave us a lot of room for really cool conversation. I think Zoe comes off even in her most like mysterious, what's this drama, even in those moments. So it just seems like a nice person who's trying to figure out how to stay healthy and do the best for herself and doesn't want to, you know, she wants something good with Noel, but she, she's trying to preserve herself and she's got her reasons for that. And, uh, you know, I come away thinking I want the best for her. I want the best for Noel. And I kind of think that they're the answer for each other. Um, so thumbs up to Zoe. I, I like her as a character, would have loved to have more with her. But I think if you think you're getting 17 episodes, uh, I think you get about the amount of Zoe's story that you, that we got, you know? Um, I mean, gosh, how optimistic of you. That's so on brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number two, number Rocco. Two? Scene, peace. Yep. He's yep. got like literally there's like nothing else to him. <laughs> yeah. I love it so much. Uh see peace. Um he was in he was into whatever. Rocco yeah. was down. All right. He came to a party. He was ready. Mm-hmm. Ready mm-hmm. was. Yes. See peace. Uh number one. Of th- course. This probably won't come as a surprise to you, anybody. Hodges. I have a bit of a love affair with Hodges here. Uh, not the love affair that I have with Elle, but it is, okay. you know, I just love this character. This is a surprise for me of this rewatch. Um, I don't think that in previous rewatches or my first watch, this character jumped out so much. So I don't know what it is this time. I don't know if it's the amount of life that I've lived or certain experiences that I've had, or just that we talked about every episode in depth and probably on most rewatches, I'm like, oh, season season four. Okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) You know, like, I don't know if I ever watched it that closely, but Hodges, the Hodges and Ben relationship is just so 
deep and interesting and fraught. And even though we don't know a ton about him, we kind of do by watching him act through it. Like the way that he's responding to Ben and sort of Trevor, but mostly Ben tells me a lot about Hodges, like what's happening in his world, even if I haven't gotten all the exposition. So um, I think Ben getting a 95 on his test and the smile we got from Hodges, like, that's my boy. You know, I just, (laughs) I, they make me so happy together. And Hodges, you know, I think as an actor, whoever that actor is, I I should have looked his name up. um, There's not a lot on the page. Yeah. But he put so much there for us to talk about kind of like Eve Gordon has done, like not a lot on the page, but then we're just talking for hours and hours about how much we love this character because there's a lot to it. So I can't not have him at number one. Um, he went through a, like a full journey in very few episodes. Yeah. 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 And, um, and a lot of forgiveness, a lot more forgiveness than he thought he'd have. I mean, Ben misses you know when with the whole lauren pregnancy and ben misses an important step in an experiment that it's on hodge's reputation you know it's it's hodge's experiment and he then was unreliable and and dropped the ball and hodges gave him another chance and this is the guy that locked ben out of the very first class and said you miss a second one you're out um so i think this this guy really had a journey and not only does he let ben off he asks if he wants to talk about it i mean this is like if you get yourself a mentor like hodges don't let him go yeah do you want to talk about it oh my gosh fish just crushed me when you when you mentioned that again ah okay hodges yes those are my favorite minor characters you might just dispute some of those being minor characters but that's my four. Who are your favorite minor characters or your favorite minor character singular of the season? Yeah, so I have three and then I have, I do have some honorable mentions. Um, and you were just talking about one, Eve Gordon, Barbara Porter. I mean, talk about doing a lot in just, you know, the few sentences with her eyes, with her just like body language. I mean, we we got to experience the world through her, her relationship, you know, when she's with Dr. Porter and then when she's not with him and, you know, what's going on in her mind and in between Felicity and her and how she's growing and her, you know, her own choices about her life with the real estate um, license that she's uh, pursuing. I mean, she, she definitely, I think, brought more to the, to the show than they probably expected or, you know, ever had, had thought someone would given the lines that were on the page. So she comes in as, uh, as my number three. I asterisk that one. Love it. Very good. And my number two, Owen. I mean, how do you not love Owen? 
right? I mean, we want to set him up with Pam. Pam and Owen. Pam, Pam. in the tree. I mean, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, he was so nice, right? He, I mean, he wasn't like, you know, the creepy boss guy who comes over to try to kiss Felicity. No, he's just like there giving her compliments, you know, keeping her supported. We do go out on a date. He's like, I get it. You're just getting out of a relationship. I'm cool being rebound guy. I'm cool not being rebound guy. Like, let's not make it weird. Just going to continue to support you. We're going to go out. We're going to show our artwork together. Just like start to finish. Good guy. We like Owen. We also like that he's good at kazoo and is part of Caribbean Rhomboid, for the record. Now, I think my number one will probably be contested on a maybe two different levels. First of all, that they're my favorite. And second of all, that they're a minor character. I just kind of consider anyone who wasn't part of the cast a minor character. Like someone who wasn't part of the like main, you yeah, know, like, like five or six yeah. at the top. Um. So my number one is Lauren. Yep. Yeah, I put it out there. I did. Because, um, you know, I get it. There's the, there's the episode where she goes nutso and she drinks and there's the car wreck and she is just out of it. But I think we actually had a lot to talk about with her being a much more complex character than maybe we first thought she was going to be. Um, and really, her being fairly reasonable when it came to things like, hey, I have parents in Arizona and a job lined up. And, you know, her just maybe not being so so crazy as as everyone seems to think um she is and you know what feel free to come for me because write to us at the melissafish at gmail.com because <laughs> melissa's gonna totally be checking that um so my number one favorite minor character of the season lauren I do have a, a couple honorable mentions here. My first one was, in fact, Monica Monica. So we did double up on that. Um, I also really enjoyed Max, who was the annoying guy that was uh, harassing Felicity in the art Deep class. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. Max, a.k.a. Wesley Jonathan, a.k.a. Sweetness from Roll Bounce. Again, cannot recommend this enough roll bounce great movie okay mediocre movie fantastic character and sweetness um just to be really clear that's not the order that those actions should come in it should be bounce roll no well it's about uh i don't know skating so i don't know if that's like a thing in oh in skating okay um but it's about like the 70s and 
I mean, if you weren't sold, it's a story about the 70s and a roller skate rink. Wow. Yeah. I'm sold. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wesley Jonathan. Love him. Um, and then just my last one, because I couldn't leave him off. Sean's dad, because they were just so cute. The two of them. I wow. mean, Sean and his dad, right? I mean, he had the lactose. Oh he supported Sean in his, uh, you know, good tasting pen caps idea. I mean, they both came up with all of these amazing ideas. And just clap, lots of claps for Sean's dad. Absolutely. In fact, that's going to be a great segue. Ooh, well then. Let us move on to superlatives, which are going to be Melissa's five best and my five worst. Yeah. And look, this is not really like in any particular order, except that I had put that. At, this is the first one, which is best, like sweetest moment. Oh. Sean's dad says, not a week goes by. We don't eat lactose for breakfast right guys i mean what does I parental support look like yeah if not that i don't even know how he had that much inventory really i mean it can't be true <laughs> but it was so sweet the sentiment was lovely sean was in a space in a headspace at that time when he needed support he needed a little love he needed encouragement he needed to know that he was doing good things and i mean for his dad to not just be like, no, you're awesome. You know, you're awesome. Like I, the proof is in my digestive system. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been eating lactose. Okay, That's right. No need for, <laughs> no need for milk in this household. Nope. You've got water. You've got a breakfast cereal. Yeah. Oh uh, God. That was so sweet. Um, episode I liked more than I thought I would. Uh, like surprise for me was booze. Oh, um, I thought it was surprising enough to me that I wanted to make it a superlative because I think when we got to that episode, like when we were doing, you know, when we, when we were on the episode before and I said, fish, the next episode is going to be booze in my head. I was like, Oh, it's going to be booze. That was um, like Halloween episode. Yay. Yeah. In my head, it was not feeling that way. And I don't, I don't really know why, because I think I was remembering um, maybe the worst parts of it. And I, I think, or had misremembered some of the parts of it. And when I looked back at it, first, my rating, it was one of my highest rated episodes of season four, um, which is saying quite a bit because I, I had a lot of really low rated episodes for, for me for this season. Um but, you know, they open with beautiful camera work and visuals. They have the the whole Professor May bit and the eat like that shot looking through the easels and the foreshadowing mm -hmm. to the whole jail that well, I saw it as foreshadowing to jail. There was some great Ben and Hodges stuff. There was also some really interesting camera work with Ben at Al-Anon meetings where he's talking Um just, you know, at this point, we've seen four seasons of this show. So for for directors to come in and give us some new new um camera cam camera angles ways of portraying something that that says a lot because they've they've tried some things before and there's you know 
to still have creative ideas for us is pretty cool. Plus, we got some comedy with Richard not being able to take his helmet off. That was pretty good. Um, so, you know, there's some cool moments there. And I wanted to shout out that episode because I, I, I you know, I did you an injustice and in how I felt about you before booze. Um, okay. Most like best moment of nostalgia. Uh, the whole gang walking on the sidewalk after the snowball. Wow, that felt that's a good so one. college to me. That felt like it really brought me back. Um, most like best atmosphere. I just, I just enjoyed this scene. Felicity at the gallery with that. How did you describe her? Like that? Did you say animatronic or robotic or? Yeah. The animatronic um, assistant or curator. Yeah. And they had such like cool, like new age music behind her and her hair. And she was, I don't know, like she was just so alien. Um, yeah and unyielding but then showing felicity kindness but being really alien and unyielding while she was doing it uh there was atmosphere there i enjoyed it plus did we say that's eric anderson's wife uh, i think we might have I said think that you may have said that i think you said that either at the time or the episode after okay okay so now two more that are connected biggest goosebumps Season four, episode 17. Hey, at the yep. bulletin board. I mean, and that is, I mean, just what a way to end. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw in a best double hey, <laughs> Ben and Noel at the door. Felicity okay. interrupted. Got it. Those are my moments. Um, yeah. Superlatives. But yeah, what a fish. So this is a bit weird because we reversed roles for the last five episodes. So I don't know how you handled this, but you have the five worst superlatives, right? So what, what do you have here? I do. And I stuck to our roles. Um, you know, I, I also didn't mention as much stuff, I guess, from... Uh, from the last five. Um, so my first one is worst kiss or attempted kiss because it's actually a tie. And it's a tie between Megan trying to kiss Tracy to win a bet and being thoroughly rebuffed as she should be. And Elena and Trev's first kiss because that was just painful. It was really not good. Worst, worst kiss, kisses slash attempted kiss. Then I have worst cameo, Lionel Richie at the urinal. Agree, hard <laughs> agree. Oh, how did this happen? I don't know, but we're calling it out right here. Worst cameo. Worst How did they pitch that to Lionel Richie? Like, I know, I know where I'm covering probably exactly the same ground I covered then. How did they describe this scene to Lionel in a way he'd want to say yes? Okay, so so you're in a bathroom, but but like you're, you're gonna pee into a urinal, and then you hmm. see, um, you're gonna be interrupted by two of our main characters. And like, where was the oh yeah, this is it. Yeah, and you're not gonna sing at all. 
There will be no singing involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> just, just doubling down on that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whew. Um, I know this one was really more something I picked up on, but it continued to bother me. So worst comparison to Felicity, the show streetcar named desire. Yeah. Abusive and, and rapist man. That's not, that's not any of our main characters. Don't, don't do that to our show. I mean, Streetcar is is a powerful show, but it is nothing like the show we are watching, and it is not romantic. You just stay on your side of the street, Streetcar. Yeah. Melissa's looking at me very surprised. <laughs> I mean, but, I, I, um, I don't know enough about Streetcar, but, but you really yeah. educated us. Yeah, I was, I was not happy with that. No. Um, worst person to hold your power of attorney, Ben, he will not respect any of your wishes. (laughs) Now he may save your life when you really should be dead, but he will not respect not one of your wishes. You don't want drugs. He's giving you drugs. You don't want your wife giving you part of her liver. You're getting it. You know why? Ben. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and worst dad, Andrew Covington. I mean, I get that we throw a lot of shade at Dr. Edward Porter, but this guy threw a plate at his wife. I think it was a plate. He threw something at his wife and she needed stitches. This guy, you know, almost blackmails Ben into coming to get him after he's had the liver surgery when he thinks, you know, I'm going to get him here and, you know, maybe drink or not, but I'm going to just make him change his mind about being a father and, and then I'm going to blame him for everything. And also I kissed his girlfriend in the earlier season. I'm just saying worse dad, hands down the one who should have died, Andrew Covington, although portrayed wonderfully by a very talented actor who we are very sad is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. So true. RIP John Ritter. Um, I mean, and unfortunately gave us the best but shadiest line coming from him, which was like, love someone. It's the only thing. It's not Said from anybody thing. else. Right. It would have been a different thing <laughs> than coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there was any comparison to Streetcar, Sandra Covington. Yep. I gotta tell you. I know we said it at the time too, like on this watch, I came away feeling far more bleak about what they were telling me about Ben's parents' relationship in this moment than I ever had before. Like, it was like, oh, so the cycle of abuse has absolutely continued. 
Um, I don't think Absolutely. I felt like, I, I think I kind of bought into the, oh no, this is a love story sort of thing they were trying to sell us in previous yeah, no. watches. And this time I was like, no, 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 <clears throat> no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> this is beyond the pale. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's growth for me. Who's to say? Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So those are your five worst. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Did you have anything from the final five now, right? Um, nope. No, because you liked them. Okay. I cool. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Well, audience, listeners, we are now at a section that many of you have clamored for in the past. And so one. we're doing it. We're we're staying consistent with it. Well, Fish is staying consistent with it. It's Fish's quick take on fashion. Yay. All right. So we're going to start with what we always start with. Best outfit. And uh, it's going to be a tie. Sorry. They're just two. And I, I can't decide. The first one is Elena's floor-length black leather coat, gloves, and bag in Moving On, episode eight, which does have a comeback later in in the season. But that floor-length black leather coat is just a showstopper. Second best outfit is Ben in the restaurant scene where he's going to come and talk to Felicity and he is wearing rain. That's right. We remember this is how all your men should look. Kick them out into the street when it's raining, ladies. This is it. It's the new fashion trend. Rain. Ben and rain. Tied. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. Even I noticed that. I know, and you never notice. You never do. No. Uh, Best accessory is, I want to be very clear about this, the triple strand of pearls that Felicity wears in episode 18. Not the crappy double strand that they give her, but the nice, real triple strand of pearls. It's gorgeous. Um... I've added a category here just because I feel like it's necessary. It's worst hair and it's one by Felicity's braid. Weird ass side braid. Why? Why? It's not okay. And then we come to worst dressed. And this is tough to say, but I think it's Megan this season. And it's it's not because you know she doesn't she has some amazing outfits but there is that weird transition period between the old and the new where they just haven't gotten it right yet um where there are some real misses with some dowdy like wool suits and i don't know what they were doing with that but um but unfortunately yeah, I mean, most of the guys just wear button-up shirts. So what are you going to do? Um, it's going to come down to the ladies. And uh, so it's Megan. Um, although Richard did have a little bit of competition with his hats. Uh, okay. And then 
best dressed, it might come as a surprise. Felicity. I know. Has right? the whole world turned on its head? It kind of has, right? But I mean, she had that pink suit that she wore at the wedding that was gorgeous. She had the red dress that she won the evening pageant, uh, the evening wear at the pageant from like all of her sweaters were normal and not cable knit and complimented her skin tone. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, I mean, I want to give kind of a shout out to Noel because they did figure out how to dress him in this season. But I don't think he really wins best dressed because it's pretty much the same oversized button down shirt in just different colors. So there's like the brown one and then the slightly less brown one. And then there's a purple one at one, but they're all the same shirt. Um, so yeah, we got uh, we got Felicity here as a winner for best dressed. Feels very appropriate for best evening wear. I mean, yeah. she won she won an award in show and out of show. You you look Felicity or Carrie Russell in a red dress is always going to win. It's that's just it's it's a winning combination. So what are you gonna say? I don't know. I mean, so, so those are the, is that vicious quick take on fashion? I just made up a quick theme song just there. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Okay, sounds yeah. kind of like all my other theme songs. Great. <laughs> um, wow, we got a little best, a little worst, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, I love it. Well, fish. Uh, we've been rating these episodes all along the way, and now it's our time to do numbers and math. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll start by sharing what our ratings averaged out to this season. And then, and then I'll kind of go through and we can compare it up against other seasons, but for you. Okay. So season four, your average, if we don't drop high and low was 6.41. If we do drop high and low, it goes up a little, probably because you had a negative five in there. <laughs> probably. Uh, goes up to 6.8. So we're still under seven for your average rating for this season. Um, and you rated, of course, in gloves. So 6.41 gloves, 6.8 gloves. I had this one, if I don't drop high and low, 5.95 out of 10. If I do drop high and low, it just goes up a smidge. It's six out of 10. Six out of 10 what's, you may ask? What did what? you rate this in, Melissa? I would like to know. I rated this in. So it's six out of 10. Tar beaches, Morse codes, screwless chairs, sleep mask alarm clocks, yes. stolen scarves, mm -hmm. deleted voicemails, mm -hmm. Emily's bought mitzvahs, <laughs> stuffings with raisins, yes. mac and cheese colognes, pinatas, Romantic airport scenes, <laughs> gallery owners, shoe covers, mattress warehouse commercials, fepses, oh, yes. totaled cars, employee of the month plaques, groovy kinds of love, 
<laughs> piano lessons, tarts, imaginary boyfriends, and flashbacks. Whew, what a season. I I don't know if you did this, but I, I would have liked to have seen your rating without the back five included. Um, I can do that now. Uh, okay, so average stopping at 17 is 6.94. Goes That's, up a lot. Yeah, it's higher. Isn't that Almost higher than mine? Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which is surprising, to be honest. Is um, it though? Is oh, it? but you did have a negative five. <laughs> but I, I don't know. That's still accounting for dropping that. Um, yeah, but we that means you can't drop another place. zero. Yeah. Yeah. I One thing we did notice is that uh, I have much more variance in <laughs> my rating. Melissa's is a little more steadfast uh, with the way that she looks at things. I'm just like, I love it or I hate it. I would say I very often had a slightly lower rating than you did, but you know, the fire episode, um, yeah. I, I, I put that at a 10, you put that at a 2.5. Um, I did not like that episode. Yeah. I think we, neither of us particularly liked the one that you rated at a negative five, but you know, <laughs> I think that that one had a lot of variance for us. Um, Combined average for us. And the, so this is, okay, so hold on to these numbers in your head. So our combined average, if you don't drop high and low, 6.18. If you do, 6.4. Okay, so we're hovering in that sort of low-ish six range. And just to compare that, combined average for season one. So we didn't, you had a sliding scale at one point, so I, I just know. didn't do a dropping high and low. So that combined average was 7.585. All right. So already we're looking at a full point over this season four. Season two, combined average, dropping high and low, 7.63. Combined average, uh, yes, dropping high and low is 7.78. So we actually went up a little season two if we drop high and low both cases uh yeah. season one 7.585 okay and then combined average 7.63 or 7.78 season two so we went up season two maybe partly because that of me. because yeah and it was also lighter and the the sweaters weren't as much of an issue and Noel was so problematic in season one, which I had not remembered. I don't know how we got there when I had a 0.5 on um, Helpful Loveworn, but we did it. We still did it. We had, there were a, a lot 10. of really good episodes. Yeah. I mean, we had the one that surprised us both with Richard mm -hmm. just getting left at a painting party. Yeah, we liked season two. Season three, combined average. 6.97 out of 10, if we drop high and low, 7.12. So we went down from both season one and season two. I mean, rated for season three. And then we went further down for season four. So remember season three, 6.97 slash 7.12. Well, we had 6.18 and a 6.4 season four. So, yeah. Um, so sort of a, a tiny upswing and then just like, 
plummeting downwards. Sure did. Yeah. So those are our, those are our numbers. That's our math. That's, you know, the hey, ratings. So we did it. It's not just for cool kids anymore. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Um, but that's what we thought. And, you know, you all thought a lot of stuff too, and you've been sending feedback in and we have a lot to share now. Um, some of it, there are a couple people that, you know, we'll, we'll get more than one mention. Some people, we have like a really long one because it's maybe combining a few pieces of feedback, but, um, you know, what a, what a journey we've had together. Um, so, okay. I'm going to actually start with a pretty informative piece of feedback we got from at Ruby and Simba 13, uh, that directly relates to, I want to say Felicity interrupted, um, to answer Fish's question regarding the doc telling Ben and Noel that she's keeping Felicity as a psychologist, me, It's tricky here because they brought her in. So it would be likely the doc would tell the concerned people what is happening. I think it's implied Felicity is okay with that. What they wouldn't do is call her parents as she is an adult. They would only call her parents if she requested that. Felicity gave no indication that she wanted her parents involved. So they would not have called them. The main issue is that they didn't do any kind of history and physical. There was no initial diagnosis given, which is what would be, would have been needed to take place in order to admit her. It's TV though. So also Felicity basically agreed to stay. The doctor said she can help and Felicity didn't protest. So I think it's assumed she agreed. Had she not, Fish is right. She wasn't a danger to herself or others. Sometimes psychosis is enough to admit on a 5150 if the person is of grave danger to themselves or so incompetent they can't function, which she was not. Okay. That does make sense that, I mean... I guess I hadn't thought that about the fact that she is over 18. So it makes sense that they wouldn't contact her parents. Um, And I guess, I don't know, Felicity is okay with it. And, or like, I guess they could talk to the people who, who brought her in. Um, I think if Felicity is starting to worry about her own sanity or she's worried about her situation and she's in she's she's gone as far as going into this facility to talk to a doctor um and the doctor says i can help you here's what we do yeah okay like i guess it's you know it's there are some stretches i've had to take to get here but this idea that it's implied that she's sort of agreed to this being part of her treatment um yeah i mean it's not like she went to like a counselor on campus, right? I mean, they didn't, at least I am not familiar with any situations where you would go to a campus doctor and they would be able to admit you to a psych ward. So like she has gone somewhere else. I do wonder about her insurance situation mm-hmm. <laughs> but i we really shouldn't be thinking that far into this um <laughs> but i think that those are all good points um so she's agreed you know we had we had said earlier 
she's getting to the point you know where people are starting to make sense saying hey do you really think you time traveled or like could it just be that you're crazy um or potentially just a fever dream Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that is very helpful yeah yeah i thought that was important for us to share um because we had a lot of logistic questions about how that went down. And obviously I think even in at Ruby and Sim 13's case, it's like, okay, this is TV. Like they're not going to dot all the I's and cross all the T's here given what they're trying to do in a short period of time. But the context definitely helps. Yeah. And you look, they just wanted to have an alias-esque scene where they broke her out. Yeah. Like had they just been like, I, you know, Ben walks in, he's like, I know you're not crazy. And she's like, cool, I'll sign myself out. That would not have been nearly as cool. Yeah. They wanted security camera breakout footage. That's right. That's right. Okay. So we've got a couple of comments related to just the alternate timeline in general. So at Heather M. O'Brien underscore Takahashi. Oh, that's new. Our congratulations in order, Heather. What's happening here? Look, mm-hmm. either congratulations or um, condolences. We don't or, know. Uh, nothing. But generally speaking, we love you and we're happy for you. We love you and we're happy for you in general. And we hope this is great things. Um, okay. Heather says, oh, the five-part series. So strange, so wild. Why couldn't Felicity and Ben finally just go to Boulder for the summer in these episodes and cut Claire out of the picture? By the way, I've been meaning to tell you both that I'm originally from Boulder. So actually, this this comment has meant a lot to me. And also made me sad that they never made it there. I'm getting so sad we're nearing the end of this podcast with you both. It's been such a bright light of sunshine to hear your voices every week as you discuss my all-time favorite TV show. Thank you for all your work in making this the best podcast ever. Oh, that's so nice. Go on, Heather. Go on. (laughs) We love you too. What a great idea. They finally go to Boulder after they built it up so much for us. I mean, it would have unbroken my heart. Yeah. Just Uh, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Lots of, lots of potentially good, like five episode plot lines we could have (laughs) had here. All right. Right. Boulder. Maybe we needed that. I think maybe we did. Yeah. At insta.mickey says, oh my God. Felicity rewatch with you guys, my fellow bandmates. It's been so fun. I really like those alternate timeline episodes. So I had no problem rewatching and talking about it. There is something I really love in each of those episodes. So I tend to rewatch scenes on YouTube, maybe not the whole episode. If I could bet, if I could have bet, I would say that the cynic fish would not like the back to the past crazy episodes. But the fact is our optimistic Melissa was the one to dislike them. Regarding the issue of traveling back in time or not, for me, it was all Felicity's drunken nightmare. There is no such thing as time travel. Elena should have stayed dead, of course. There was no reason to bring her back to the wedding since she died. For me, Elena dying was symbolic because we don't have power over life and death. These things happen. That was the only issue for me. Fish, I don't think we even considered that. No. 
I that she just stays dead. So, but I think it was for us wrapped up in the whole like justice for Tangi Miller. Yeah. They'd been using her so terribly. Yeah. Um, so it, it felt like an extra insult. Um, from a symbolic standpoint, that makes complete sense. And yes, you could definitely have a character, um, you know, pass away. I, I just feel like it was piling on at that point for it to be her right now. Um, but that, that would resolve, um, a lot of the issues. It means that, you know, Tracy doesn't have to be superhuman, um, even though I think he is um <laughs> in reviving Alina or uh that you have to erase part of the script um as Melissa requires mm-hmm. um yeah so, you yeah. know generally Just an alternate angle to take I mean look three three people three points of view here that's how we're that's doing right. it I mean the, it could be infinite who knows um yeah Okay, so now we have just like a whole series of of comments about various things that aren't necessarily linked to each other. So at the hot child in the city, it says, Felicity and Ben filled up at least an hour of them just saying hey to each other. (laughs) Um, And regarding the finale, the season four, episode 17 finale says, should have ended here. I'm glad to know that Noel married Zoe, but otherwise we didn't need time travel and Elena dying and not dying. It's a little, little smattering of different thoughts there, but but I mean, if we yeah. clocked the number of haze and the amount of time taken. Well, look, so if that much time was taken up with just haze, it, at least as much time was taken up by, um, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Um, so like, we have much footage that uh, that was repeating. However, I did very much enjoy many of those haze uh-huh. and a fair, fair few of those. Can I talk to you for minutes? So I don't know. I mean, we are time? so similar fish because I think I responded basically exactly that on Instagram. <laughs> I was like that and the can I talk to you for seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. we're on the same page. It's wonderful. It's almost uh, like we're watching the same show. Sure is. And that we talk for hours and hours. Early. I don't know. I hope we, <laughs> we hit the one million hour mark yet. I don't know. We're close. Um, at Felicity.fans says about Sean and his dad, they were so alike. I had to wonder if they were actually father and son in real life. Such great casting. That was incredible cast. Did we mm-hmm. ever look up if they were related? I mean, I doubt it, but. I don't think we did look up if they were related, but if you want to filibuster for some yeah, time, I have seen the guy who plays Sean's dad and other things. And obviously we've seen Greg Grunberg and a bunch of stuff. So I have a feeling that they're not actually related, but they both did a really good job being totally cute and very similar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole finding this, um, but let's just see if I can find it anywhere remotely quickly. Manny Blumberg might've been his name, Alan Blumenfeld. Okay. Yep, looks like That's that your is answer. Not, not related, but still adorable. Yeah, yeah. And gave us an excellent moment with the whole lactose situation too. So that's good stuff. Yep. 
Um, okay. Another one for Matt Ruby and Simba 13, which I, um, this is like for your next rewatch folks planting this seed <laughs> regarding renting or owning. Why does Sean say he has a mortgage that kicks his ass every month? Writers come on. Also check out the disappearing and reappearing drawing that Felicity did over Ben's bed. Sometimes it's a Beatles poster and sometimes it's the drawing by Felicity. I need to go back and see which episode. So when I have some free time, I'll get back to you. Um, that's an interesting one to check for like, for those of you who go back and do a rewatch anytime soon or anytime in the future at all. Um, that's a detail that you can, that you can look for. Not something I noticed, to be honest. I yeah. feel like Ben's room is a location where I was often like, where are we right now? Because it just I, seemed like I they agree. were always showing us different angles of the room. Yeah. And it, like it was at the end of the hallway and then he got to like come out and there was like one shot where he was walking with the like floor to ceiling, uh, like glass window behind him. And so you could tell that it was down the hall and to the left but for most of the time, it was like, wait, are we near the bathroom? Are we not near the bathroom? Like, what? But now we see the, the picture, and, and but now we're looking at the bed. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Fish, there's absolutely no reason for me to bring this one in for season four, except that it was so great and we didn't cover it in season one. Okay. Okay. Do it. Galena. Our friend Galena says, mm-hmm. Melissa, you are not the only one who never picked up on any vibe between Danny and Abby. I was laughing uproariously at this during the podcast and wanted to share my solidarity with you. Fish, you blew my mind. <laughs> this was like over a year ago. Um, I've been holding onto this comment forever. There's never been a place to put it because we, we moved past it. Uh, but darn it. It needs to be shared. Um, I'm not alone. Uh, wow. Danny and Abby. Yeah, Abby and Danny. Wow. I know. Um, Think about it. It all makes sense. It does. Right? Guys, you'll never be able to unsee it. If you didn't see it before, (laughs) now you can't unsee it. Much like a hamburger kiss. So true. It might be more unfortunate what I shared than what you shared, though. I mean, I think hamburger kisses, not great. Um, Okay. We needed to have something about, about the hay at the end. So uh, at Colleen.Temba says that moment. That was probably the happiest I've ever felt watching television. Still gives me goosebumps after everything. It is his turn. That's that's the, you know, episode 17 hay. The hay that rocked yeah. the world. I mean, it's it's the only one that I really think could be referenced like that. I mean, it's definitely a top tv watching moment ever i think insta.mickey at one point said something like she was jumping up on her couch screaming or something like that uh i mean this is the moment that us felicity fans experienced together separately yeah yeah um at Brittany the red not a thumbs down to the overuse of pregnancy plot lines in this show agree yeah there were a lot yeah i think Maybe what we needed was not misconception, you know? 
Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but you knew that, like, she sleeps with Noel, she sleeps with Ben. Yeah, come on. I know. Like, you can't not have that plot line. But, like, Ruby plus Lauren? I know. I feel like that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, really, I wanted the Lauren plot line to be totally different. But if you're going to, if you're going to build the back half of season, well, yeah, the back half of season four around a Lauren pregnancy, then I guess get rid of the earlier scare. Like, I, I don't know. I, I do think that they had so many better options on the table with Lauren. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, we know that there have been some questionable choices made. In yeah. season four. Are you um, are you questioning the writing of the plot? No, I um, never never would do season that. Season four? Yeah. Never. Um, yeah. Okay, okay, well, here's something that I would question, but uh you had an explanation for and how at Hawa.omar agrees. I agree with Fish. Sally to me was not real, just a way for Felicity to vent. When I rewatched the first season, it was I think she was meant to be a real person. And then at some point along the way, it was just her journal. I guess is yeah, what we're saying here. That's, that's how it started to feel. Um, I guess I definitely felt that way. Was it, there was a particular episode and I think it may have been 18 where she starts out with a Dear Sally tape. And I'm just like, no, no, no. This, this is, you know, because she's saying to Sally, everyone thinks I'm insane. You know, you're the only one I can talk to. I'm like, okay, that this could be a Dear Diary type thing. Um, I think before that, it was a poorly used um, plot device in later scenes, in later seasons than season one. And uh, we have heard much from Melissa on that topic. Um, yeah i am sorry agreed um okay we've got a few short comments around just like being a fan of the show felicity so at angie coder kelly says hands down my favorite show ever i was living in my very first apartment when this aired my first taste of independence spoon of independence did you have a spoon she might, she probably did. Let's she face probably it. Probably had a spoon. Yeah. yeah. At Felicity underscore gray underscore castle says, I'm so glad that 25 years later, the fan base is still rock solid. And right. it is. It's a cool fan base. Gotta say. You guys at, rock. Yeah. At that girl bunny says, Felicity is one of my favorite shows to rewatch. And at J Burgie 84 agrees says it's on my screen all the time over and over that's what you get that's what you get from a beautiful comfort show this show means a lot to a lot of us it does all right we've got our penultimate comment here but the last one we'll mention at this particular moment so um at ruby and sip 13 says this has been so fun felicity is my comfort show so to be able to watch with you guys and hear and participate in ongoing discussions was awesome well done Oh, guys, guys. Uh, Yeah, no, we're feeling it. We have had so much fun talking through this and reading all your comments and emails and getting to, you know, 
bounce our ideas off of you and hear your ideas. It's been just, it's been great. It's been a wonderful experience and I am grateful for it. Me too. And it feels at some point along the way, it really dawned on me that we're sort of all creating this all together. Like, you know, when, when you all comment and when we podcast for hours and we're putting it out there and we keep it out there, this is just like now part of, it's part of the Felicity discourse and people can find it in the future or you can re-listen to it or re-watch the show. Just feels like we're putting a little piece of all of us into the history around this show. So I don't know. This has been a cool journey. It has. But so, you know, normally at this point in our recap show, the next thing we would do is Fish's predictions for the next season. We don't have a next season, but we were thinking about this because, you know, when we initially decided on this show, there are a bunch of shows we were thinking about, and then we've watched more shows since then. And so we just sat with it and we thought instead of predictions, maybe what we could do is recommendations, especially because, you know, in real time, as we're recording this and when this is going to air, we're getting close to the holiday season and our podcast is going to end right before the holiday season. And I know holidays for some people it's a great time for some people it's a like, not kind of an iffy time of year and so this feels like a really good time to introduce people to content that they may be uh, that they may enjoy for those who want a thing to do um in the closing weeks of the month or if you know you're listening to this far in the future if you just want to get into some new shows we have some recommendations to make for you and fish and i have some slightly different tastes. So chances are you're going to get a really good, like well-rounded viewpoint of different things that you could watch. And there's probably something in here for everybody. Um, I'm thinking fish, maybe we start with, with you on this one. Okay. Um, sure. So I am more into comedy than Melissa. Melissa is more into drama, um, which is what made this show such a sweet spot for the two of us. Um, so most of mine are going to be more on the comedy side and, but you know, I do still um, like some, some other kind of stuff. And I have five ish, I guess I did keep it at six. Sorry, I have six recommendations and two honorable mentions. So I have to say like, you know, my top recommendation, I have mentioned it many times. It is my comfort show. It is Frasier. It is a 90s sitcom. It actually went for 11 years. So it's hard to say it's just 90s because 11 years. Um, but it is a 90s style sitcom uh, about a psychiatrist and his brother and their kooky family and what they get up to. And, you know, there's nothing tragic it's well written and it's just, you know, as I said, it's, it's, it's my comfort show. Um, I've definitely been converted to a huge, you know, Felicity fan. I will rewatch this. Um, but it's not, I guess it's not the same cause I just need the laughs. Um, plus there's a cute dog and who doesn't like a cute dog. Um, so Frasier, my number one, 
My second one, if you have sort of a twisted, weird, quirky sense of humor, I would recommend Arrested Development. There are now four seasons. I think this show was shortchanged, you know, largely because people, it wasn't marketed well. It wasn't uh, put on at a time when people were binge watching. Um, and it really is a show that is better if you watch it, if, if you binge watch it, because there are a lot of gags that keep coming back. Um, it It is quirky. I will say that. Um, so, but I just, I find it hilarious. And every time I rewatch it, I find something new to focus on because there are so many things going on. Um, so the third one is the good place, um, which I think, you know, look, I will watch just about anything that Kristen Bell is in. I think she is a national treasure. Um, so, you know, this is, this is included and it's just, it's fun. It's funny. It's mind bending. It's theological or philosophical or whatever you want to call it. Um, lots of bright colors and I very much enjoyed it. Um, and my last comedy, I will say I really enjoyed Silicon Valley. I don't know much about the IT world or entrepreneurship, um, but I think the cast was great and the writing was fantastic. Uh, and it was just hilarious start to finish. Um, it was, you know, a lot, most of them have gone on to do, um, you know, other movies or stand up comedy or TV shows. So, um, you know, I'd recommend that one. Um, for something a little different, um, I also do have a sweet spot for dark dystopian um, work. So I would recommend uh, Black Mirror. It is a, um, a British show that is, uh, each episode is its own contained um, story. However, in many of them, they are in a similar world of the future that takes an extreme look at AI and sort of what you can do with that. I would say if you are going to watch Black Mirror, do not watch season one, episode one. Like, if you have to, watch every other episode and then go back and watch that one. Do not let that be your entrance because you probably will not continue to watch the series. I don't know why they did this to themselves. Uh, just don't watch it. Don't watch it. That's um, so strange. Yes. Correct. How did the show get picked up if that was their pilot? Oof. It's rough. It is... I'm not saying from like a production value standpoint, but just from a subject matter standpoint, it is, it is something that will turn like 99.9% .9 of people off. But do I just say skip it? You don't need it. It doesn't, you don't need it. Just leave it out of your life. Um, much like Melissa will leave out the back five. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me forever. Delete it. Delete it. 
in the same vein, I would recommend Alice in Borderland. Um, oh, good one. Yes, this one um, came out a little bit after Squid Game uh, or Squid Games. I don't know if that's plural, but it's um, it's a little bit along those lines in terms of there's competition, there's, uh, you know, different games and people, but it is a, a whole world. It's not, you know, our world where people have come together to compete for money. They have built out this whole, you know, several worlds. I think there's only two seasons. Um, the dubbing is actually really good. It's Japanese, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's not Korean. Um, I upvote that so much. Such great characters. Yes, great character development, great acting, and honestly, just some... I don't know that the the games are fun, the twists are fun, the they just did a great job um, with that show. And then I'll just say, look, my two honorable mentions, they're honorable mentions because I don't know how you don't recommend these on the off chance that one of you has not seen them. Uh, but Gilmore Girls and Shits Creek. Okay, I mean, come on. So uh, I don't feel like much more needs to be said unless you've tried Schitt's Creek, which I did like three or four times trying to get through season one before I really um, caught on. Just power through it. And it's so worth it. If you haven't made it, just just get through season one. And at some point you will. I promise you, everyone promised me it came true. You will fall in love with these people like your heart will will warm. It will grow three sizes. Like it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful show. Um, but it took me a number of times to actually get get into it, and then of course I was addicted to it, like everyone else. So those are my recommendations. Nice. Listeners, you know, hopefully you've heard at least one thing in there that you want to start watching. And if so, get to it, start watching it. But if you didn't, here's five more. Um, I, I did I did three and two honorable mentions. And I'm definitely more of, I, I'm more into dramas. Um, I, and I think part of the reason for that is with my improv background, I, I find that scripted funny stuff sounds really canned and scripted to me. And it usually doesn't land. If something is improvised, it ends up, if it's the same thing that's improvised, it ends up being funnier to me. So usually when I find something funny, it's comedy embedded in a drama um, where it hits you by surprise. It wasn't like, oh, here's the laugh track. Um, which is one of the reasons Felicity is so funny to me because I think there is a lot of comedy in the show, but it's not just a comedy. Um, so, so some of these, you know, I, I'll say that my recommendations, most of it is more serious, but there's one that goes a little off, off from that. So, okay. My first honorable mention, and I feel like I have to make this honorable mention because if you want more Carrie Russell, what I would recommend from a TV standpoint is the Americans. Um, there's six seasons, 10 to 13 episodes each. I think all the seasons were 13, except for the last episode, uh, last season was 10 episodes. Um, so that one is set in the cold war. 
and you're going to see Carrie Russell being a spy, I guess you would say. She's basically employed by the KGB. She, she uh, Philip and Elizabeth Jennings are Soviet spies, but they're actually living in the United States. They've built an entire cover life. They've been living in the United States for quite a long time. They have two American kids um, and they're still having to execute missions. And so if you're somebody who's not super into the history of it, if you're into the history of it, great. There's a lot for you to enjoy in the show. If you're not, there's still a lot for you to enjoy in this show. And I say that because I'm not super interested in that stuff. But what I love about this show is I don't know if you'll ever see a more complex relationship on TV than this. All of all the many relationships in this show, because you've got this couple who's married but they're, you know, they're, they're not living in their homeland. They're, you know, having to put on this cover. They're doing honey traps. They know it. Um, it's, it's, you know, they've got some, some long games they're running and some very short one episode ones that they're running. They have two American kids who are growing up in an American school system with an ideology. One's a little older than the other and is starting to notice her surroundings a little bit more. And so like, what does that look like? Um, and it just so happens from the very first episode, FBI agent Stan Beeman moves in next door and that's going to create its own set of really strange neighborly weirdness. Um, and, you know, and one of the other things that makes it cool is that um, Elizabeth Carrie Russell would say is the better soldier. She is very committed to her cause. Philip kind of likes America. So it's like, so many weird tensions that you'll probably not see explored in a whole lot of shows because they just don't have the format for that. Uh, so I, you know, from a relationship standpoint, so much good stuff there, such good acting. Um, well, and also it's, you get to see Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell acting together as they then, you know, date and become married. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's gotta be fun. Oh, it's so good. And that's a show that really rewards you for watching the whole way because season six is off the charts. The final episode is off the charts. They stuck the landing so hard and they, they really, there's payoff for things that you've been waiting a long time for that they hold until very late in the show. So stick with it. I'm telling you, it's good. Um, okay. Second honorable mention is, and this is this is my one that's a little offbeat from everything else, Outer Banks. If you're just looking for some fun. Still a drama, but it's like way over the top adventure Goonies drama. Um, it's a bunch of, a, a really close-knit group of friends. Uh, there's, you know, we're, we're looking at a, a, a city across two different, you know, classes and uh, there's there's a lot of treasure and adventure hunting. And um, one of the things I love about the show, there's a ton of comedy. The, the chemistry of the whole cast is amazing. This show really knows how to do complex villains and heroes that are really cool and interesting. Also, if you're somebody who gets like kind of stressed by like adventure action tension, um, that exists in this show, but you can also sort of put that away by just knowing that this group of friends, they're going like every situation is going to be st 
stupidly higher stakes than it needs to be. And they're going to trip over their own feet the whole time. And they're going to bicker about it. And they're going to be the best of friends after. So there's a ton of fun to be had with, with this show. I will say this is the only one that I'm recommending that's still running. So they've got they've got three seasons, 10 episodes, but it's not officially done. I think they're still we're coming off a writer and actor strike period. So it might be a minute, but I'm pretty sure they were moving towards a season four last time I checked. So just so you know. Um, okay. Now my top three. This one is a little bit, a little, a little different. It's called the path. Um, this one's three seasons, 10 episodes, and this is probably the closest uh, I've ever experienced in terms of uh, like TV or or movie content to how I actually feel about the world as an adult. Um, it's a show about a cult, but is it a cult? Is everything a cult? This show asks some really big questions. Um, it's showing the inner workings of a movement through the viewpoint of a few of the movement's leaders. It shows what does faith look like? What does it look like when you lose faith? What does it look like when you have community? What is a healthy community? What isn't a healthy community? It's uh, It's got incredible acting. It's got Aaron Paul, Michelle Monaghan, and Hugh Dancy as the leads. They're amazing in it. Um, and they also have, um, there's, I, do, I don't remember his name, uh, but there is a really interesting complex role for a teenager in this as well. I think a lot of times teens in adult shows, they're like very, like two dimensional, like very flat. Um, but this is a very interesting character. So uh, if any of that sounds interesting to you, I hope you'll dig into it because gosh, what a cool show and so well done. Okay, number two, and this is probably like the closest, most on the nose recommendation of mine for the Felicity audience, it's normal people. Guys, we'll get through this fast. Uh, 12 episodes, 30 minutes each, one season. Uh, you're going to watch a relationship between two deeply connected people, Connell and Marianne. Uh, it is a, a beautiful relationship show. Um, it made me cry a lot because Connell makes me cry because I don't know what Paul Mescal was putting through the screen, but my God, did it affect me? Uh, this not, not even the episodes where I was necessarily supposed to be upset. Um, so I was like, what is this guy doing to me? What happened here? Um, I'm not Melissa called me and she was like, I just cried for oh like six hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, what happened? what happened? Uh, he, he like by the end of the show, they, they like reveal a thing about his character. That I'm like, yeah, that was tracking for me the whole time. Um, now I know he did an excellent job as an actor bringing this to the screen. Um, also a lot of sexual content. So if you're watching the show, you got kids be warned. Um, Okay, number one, a show that maybe nobody's heard of, but now you have, and please go watch it, please, 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 uh, Halt and Catch Fire. This show is, uh, it was set between the 1980s to the 2000s, and it 
tracks four main characters. One had one is a visionary, one has coding skills, one has hardware skills, one knows software. And these people are coming up with basically all of the ideas that will become successful later, like chat rooms and Google and laptops. And like, they're coming up with the best ideas, but you get an inner look at like what that competitive tech world looks like and how many people had good ideas that just barely didn't hit the right time or they wouldn't weren't in the right room to pitch to the right people in the same convention. So we're actually getting the stories of the losers. Um, they win in a lot of ways, but these are people who like just missed the big inventions at every turn, but their relationships with each other are complex and awesome and uh, allegiances are constantly shifting and who's who's in, on good terms with whom is constantly shifting. And there's a beautiful female friendship at the center of it. Um, or I don't know if it's at the center, but it's in there. Um, what a good show. And one of the reasons this is the top of my list to recommend to all of you is that from this podcast, I think Fish and I would say we probably can sense that the people who are following this are fans of the show Felicity who are probably about our age. Um, a lot of people who are contacting us, they were like in college or around that age, around the time Felicity was, maybe give or take a little bit. So if if you're in that age range or if you lived through the 80s and the 90s, like you're, there's going to be a ton of nostalgia in this show. Like all of the inventions, all of the decor, the toys the kids are playing with, all of this stuff is like, oh yeah. At every turn, you're going to see like stuff that makes you remember um, cool things that maybe you forgot about a long time ago. So uh, one other thing I wanted to say about this show. So it's also, it's four seasons, 10 episodes. And I don't know how they got four seasons, 10 episodes, except by the grace of AMC. Because this show did not find its audience while it was airing. It has a committed fan base, but extremely small. And I don't know why AMC, I don't know how AMC was able to justify continuing to put this story out, except that I guess some executives were like, we want this out there. And I'm very grateful to them for that because at the end of four seasons, you feel like you have a complete story. So go watch it. It's good stuff. That's my five. Fish gave you eight. Seven. Eight. Seven, eight. Yep. We, I mean, if you can't find something to watch from that <laughs> list, I don't know what to tell you. If you do find something, write to us. Tell us what you think about it. We'll keep the email active. Um, the Melissa Fish at gmail.com. Yeah, for all the uh, people who want to write in and say, really, Lauren? Really? I know. What's wrong with you, Fish? That's what um, I'm thinking. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely uh definitely need to keep that active and you know we might have some other um as i've said before like one-off posts and things like that keeping up a little bit with um some of the social media we'll see how things kind of go forward um but uh i think it's fair to say that we will have at least one more post 
Melissa, would you yeah. like to tell us about it? Well, okay. So we received a piece of feedback today that will lead us into our announcement. So um, at Colleen, well, Colleen Tendus just wrote in an email. So Colleen Tendus says, I just listened to what I assume was the penultimate episode of your podcast. I just wanted to jot you a quick note to say thank you on behalf of many Felicity fans. Your show, your work truly, has been such a happy distraction for many of us. I know personally I've looked forward to it each week. It's given me a fun reprieve from the gloominess of the world or the mundane of the everyday. Thank you for the laughs and for giving me an excuse to rewatch my favorite show of all time. I wish you both the best and hope to see you online. Colleen. Yeah. We feel the same. But this wasn't the penultimate, the one that you just listened to, um, because yeah, we, so, okay. We're pretty sure. So we have on the schedule, a chat with Mandy Foreman. Yes. We so we're that. putting all the caveats around it. Mm-hmm. It has not been recorded yet, but it is on the calendar. Um, mm-hmm. And if, you know, nothing changes and, and everything goes as planned, then we will be able to drop a special bonus uh, interview podcast on the same same day, same time as always. Mm-hmm. And more. you might remember if you listened to the first interview we did with Mandy, first of all, she was so generous with her answers and her thoughts and her time. So fun to talk to her and get her thoughts. She said that she, she said, Hey, I'd come back for the last five episodes and we held her to it. Yeah. So, um, and I think she likes them. So she I said that she likes, you know, she really liked the last five and, we know that I had a nine out of those and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I definitely will keep them and, and rewatch them. Um, but I think it will be so cool to hear, you know, about what it meant from her perspective, like with the show ending and then there being more. Mm. Plus, when we had our first conversation, Fish, I mean, you were only partway into your rewatch and didn't remember, you know, a lot of the stuff that was still to come. And a lot of because her character gets more storylines, you know, the further you get into the show. So I think it'll be really fun to catch up again and and have all of us sort of have the same, um, you know, at least the same amount of knowledge of what storylines her character had and, and what she encountered um but she yeah she was just so fun to talk to so we we can't wait to chat with her again and, and put that interview out for all of you especially because you know I was a bit of a I was a bit of a sourpuss by the end of it and that doesn't <laughs> feel like any way to end a series um so we, we want to end with you know happy stuff and so yeah. hopefully this season recap helps get get us there and seems like a pretty sure thing that Mandy Foreman will will help us feel good about the world and the show um or at least the show so (laughs) (laughs) you know whatever um so yeah I think like I'm I'm just personally I was 
per, per, just speaking for me, I was feeling very disappointed that for me, like the show, as you can see, season four kind of drops off for me from the other seasons, but the last five episodes really drop off. And I, I, I hate to have it be like such a decrescendo for me, um, the way that I'm talking about the show. Cause if you just heard these five, you'd think I hate Felicity. Um, so this feels like a really fun way to just like end more on an upbeat. Although fish, you, you liked, you know, how we ended, you know, the last five episodes. So it might not feel that way as much for you. Um, but hopefully this just sort of helps us cap off on a cool note. Yes. Melissa would like to go on record as saying she does not hate the show Felicity. Mm -mm. If any of you had any doubts that, uh, that she hated her favorite TV show of all time. You know, what's interesting about it though, Fish, and I've been thinking about this throughout our podcast. When I think about the shows that I just recommended, all of them are shows that cap off at 13 episodes a season, but most of them are 10 episodes a season. Only one of them has more than four episodes for its total run. And I, I really sat with that and I thought it's kind of unfair to compare a network TV show from this time or really maybe from any time to some of these like tighter limited limited run series, cable shows, fewer episodes a season, one season, eight episodes. We, you know, TV has really transformed over the years in a way that makes it so that maybe you only need to get a certain number of episodes and maybe your writers don't need to fill so much content a season. And I think what we'll end up seeing for a lot of those shows that it's like, oh, seven, seven seasons, 20 some odd episodes a year. Like <laughs> there does come a point when there are going to be some filler episodes or there are going to be some storylines that feel like they're just sort of spinning their wheels a little bit because who, you know, who can do that? Um, it's a lot of story to have to churn out and it's not always tighter. Um, and so there's going to be some moments where it's going to give people like us some things to pick apart. Whereas a lot of the stuff that I recommended is, is, uh, a, a leaner and, um, I, I still love Felicity, but I have to put it in a different conversation, I think, um, when I think about, yeah, there are some weak episodes, uh, but we still love the show. Yeah. I mean, Gilmore Girls is in the same boat, mm -hmm. you know, um, 11 seasons of Frasier, uh, you know, same boat. Um, and when you compare that to some other shows that, you know, weren't on cable, uh, maybe, like, you know, HBO or Showtime or some of those, uh, they're just going to have a different level of production value and also um yeah we just have we've become i don't want to say more cinematic in our tv mm -hmm. but something along those lines i guess um so yeah it's it i think regardless of the things that we pick apart or we don't the point is we watch it we love it and we will continue to do so. Absolutely. Felicity is such a fun show and there are the coolest people who watch and rewatch it still. And yeah, we've been excited to be a part of this community. 
And that feels like some final notes on TV in general and <laughs> the show and other shows. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this one, Fish? Nope. I think that about covers it. Okay. Well, that's it for today, Fish. Until next time, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.